0: If you buy a fancy car or if you buy a fancy house or you do any of these things, most people do these things because they wanna show themselves like, look, I made it, I worked so hard for this. You know, and they put their hustle on. And like in shamanism, we say, you know, it's alignment over hustle. You if you are a hustler. You are operating as a fear-based person who believes that you are in lack and limitation and that you got to get somewhere to get there, to get the prize and win, instead of you seeing yourself as an aligned being that actually just draws it to you magnetically.
1: I'm Doug Bobst Welcome back to another episode of The Adversity Advantage. I'm your host, Doug Bopes, and today's guest is none other than Shaman Durek, who is a sixth generation shaman, author of the best selling book, Spirit Hacking Shamanic Keys to Reclaim Your Personal Power, Transform Yourself, and Light Up the World, and a visionary for the now age. His focus is on the evolution of humanity and simplifying our lives through common sense. He's redefining what wellness means by putting the power back in people's hands so they can consciously live their lives authentically and in alignment. Shaman Derek, thank you so much for coming on the show. It's a pleasure to be here, thank you for having me. Yeah, and you know, one of the things that I think is very interesting about your story is that it wasn't just random that you became a shaman. I know there's like a certain like lineage that, you know, in your family and in your history that allowed you to become who you are spiritually so talk a bit about your lineage and did you always think you were going to be a shaman you know it's interesting because
0: um i didn't always think i was going to be a shaman there was a point in my life where i really pushed away from it as quick as i could as much as i could i would say and but when you are in a family where everyone in your family has abilities and Excuse me, and also, you know, you have this very strong lineage. It's very challenging to just walk away from, you know. Even though my dad did a great job at walking away from it, but when you have powers, your powers get stronger and stronger. And after a while, you kind of have to make a decision, or if you're going to be a person who acts as if those things don't exist, when you're actually seeing them all the time. And so, when you get into that space you then have to make a decision. And for me, it was about having a walkabout. And I had this really great walkabout. And I got to experience a lot of different things. And at the very end, I chose to come back to it. But my family's culture comes back from um, you know, from from West Africa and uh, from Ghana and also from the Mende tribe. And so my ancestors were medicine people in the tribe. And then they, because of slavery breaking out, and a lot of my family members ending up in the Christian board, which is one of the slave houses, in ghana we um some of the members escaped and got to uh haiti and then from haiti to nalans and then um and some continued our tradition but we ended up moving into the tradition of lukumi which is the african tradition of shamanism with the merging of catholicism so it was a it, you know for the for that was a very challenging, I think, for my family to lose a lot of that deep root, but still Lukumi still strong, which I'm still a part of to this day. And at the same time, being able to shift our perspective in our family from learning about the religion and Catholicism and merging it with shamanism is very was very challenging, I think, for me, because there are so many contradictions. So, you know, growing up, having a grandfather who woke up one day and decided that he wanted to walk away from our traditions and go straight into being Catholic, then going from that to becoming Seventh-day Adventist, which was a whole nother level of honoring the holy days and keeping Shabbat and, like, separating our our kitchen to, like, you know, the milk uh, side and the cheese plates and the forks and knives for that, and then the meat side and everything having to be kosher and clean and, like, you know, very sets. Um, And then also still having the the African part of my family's shamanism be a part of my everyday life and how do you balance the two? So I think for me, it was very confusing because I saw like on one level, shamanism is about relationship and it's about connection to the ancestors, connection to the food you eat connection to your own body, relationship to the people in your community, relationship to nature, relationship to everything. And then how those relationships are generated is through this level of liberation and acknowledgement and freedom. And then you have religion who's saying, no, if you don't do this, this thing is going to happen. And if you don't do that, that thing's going to happen. So then it's more based on clauses, which is based on the idea that you know, if you don't, uh, you know, honor this and you honor that, there's gonna be consequences like you're gonna go to hell or you're not gonna go to heaven or you're a sinner or you're this or you're that and you need to confess and you have to do all these things. But in shamanism, it's all about freedom and play and connection and observance and really recognizing um, your your relationship to everything in its most authentic nature. So it was two juxtapositions and, I, and it's very interesting how the African culture decided to give in to that, but they had to because it was forced on them, and then still hold that as a tradition, which a lot of, you know, I'm still a part of the Lakumi tribe. And I, you know, I talk a lot to the elders and the tribe, you know, about my feelings about it. And they're like, yes, you could go back to Africa and initiate yourself back in, in in the rooted, you know, tradition, which I probably will eventually. But you know, because it's so ingrained in me, it's just a part of my life now, you know? and so. When you grow up with that, and you're going to school in 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 America, and you're around other kids, and you see things, and you feel things, and you have spirits talking to you, and you see signs, and you see the way people position their body, and you know what it means, and when people say certain things out of their mouth, and the words they formulate, you know what it means, and you see all of these things, it's a challenge, because you, 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 you want to... Um, like just tell everyone everything, but yet everyone thinks, oh, well, you're crazy or you're evil or you're dark or you're this. And so, you know, for me, it's taken a long, uh, it's been a long journey to be able to bring shamanism to the mainstream. Um, Now that I'm on the TV show, The Doctors, and I've been doing a lot of stuff on that. And I've been asked to speak on a lot of different boards for mental health and speaking to other doctors, biohackers and really working with different scientists in the world to really show them how shamanism can and is a very integral part of society and how it actually helps us with so many levels of you know anthropology and how we're interacting um, as individuals and epigenetics and all of these amazing things that that has already been in shamanism and now we're just kind of really hearing more about it other than just hearing all about plant medicine all the time which has kind of been the, the modern context of shamanism thanks to a lot of people who went to peru and just it's twined up the idea that that's what shamanism is about.
1: Yeah. And it's so interesting in everything you stand for. I know in your book, you talk a lot about like the quote unquote traditional shamanism versus being a spirit shaman and how like most people, when they think of the word shaman, you said they, they think of somebody who just goes to Peru and does all these things, but really it's so much deeper than that. And one of the things I think in spirituality, in any kind of healing journey that's important is becoming more consciously aware of yourself of your actions of your words so talk a bit about how does like how does one like ascend into higher level like a higher level of consciousness
0: well the thing is you already have higher level consciousness within you it's just that you just haven't aligned your synapses and your neurological system to actually input the frequencies and codes in your body that actually allow you to see this optimized being that you already are, right? And a lot of it could be because of the distractions that you're receiving, the level of inflammation that your body's taking on from a lot of the things that you're eating, things that you're putting in front of you. I mean, even just the the stimuli in your cortex that you're getting from things that you watch, things that you hear audio, you know, in your audio perception are all affecting you in some way. And then you talk about your relationships. So in shamanism, we start first by understanding that nothing is without you. So there's nothing like, you know, a lot of times you'll hear spiritual people say, you have to learn to love yourself. In shamanism, we don't believe that. We know you love yourself. We're talking about enhancement. We're talking about expansion. We're talking about elevation, right? So when we understand like a lot of the, the very new age, very uh, wellness terms, the very biohacking terms of like, you know, accelerating and, you know, and all of these things about optimizing. When we think about optimizing in shamanism, we look at it in your your reality of removing your resistance and the things that are constricting you. So the constriction and the resistance comes from what? It comes from your belief systems of what you've been taught and what you understand about yourself in the world you live in and what you allow yourself to be conditioned to meaning the things that you allow in your scope of influence that could be the food you eat the people you hang out with the community you source from the way you either build your source either collectively or individually, and then the way that you optimize your thinking process. Are you a person who operates in codependent thinking where you think everything is outside of you or do you, oper- do you operate in what we call sustainability thinking, which is the operation of you are the source, you are the resource. And then when you recognize that, that goes through everything that you do. So the first key to, to, to elimination is to recognize the constrictions. What is constricting you? And what is a constriction? Fear. Uh, doubt, shame, guilt, worry, um, uh, insecurity, uh, anything you feel that is pressing against you in a way that doesn't allow true freedom. Because you can have a nice car, you can have a nice house. Because I work with top CEOs and in, in Fortune 500 companies. And I meet with these billionaires and millionaires. And when I sit down with them, they have everything. They traveled everywhere. And they're still not sustainably happy, they're still believing that their happiness is, is an outside experience that has to generate something inside of them due with the activity they're doing or the thing they're buying or the thing they're getting involved in. And what we have to understand is if we look at it from a psychological point of view, you become a product of consumerism, a, a, a scapegoat for puppeteering for the system of the matrix, which I talk a lot about in the book. And so when you do that, you actually are not operating in autonomy. You're operating in codependency and you're operating the idea that something makes you versus you make you. And then you become a very insecure, very um, agitated, a person who's always, um, you know, attracting situations in your life that make you uh, react. And these reactionary behaviors actually create You know, high stimulus in your body, release a cortisone that's too much in your body can handle. You start releasing serotoxins. Your body starts getting depleted. You're taking more free radicals. You get more inflammation. And that leads to disease. That leads to malfunction and breakdown of your neurological system, your endocrine system. And before you know it, you know, your body is a toxic dump because you've taken in all of this energy that doesn't belong to you. So in shamanism, it's about simplifying. Being able to get to a place where you are recognizing, okay, what's the first thing in my life right now that's causing the resistance that I keep giving energy into or keep fighting against when all I have to do is really just let go and realize that that's not what I, I don't want that. And I don't want anyone in my life that I'm in a relationship with that doesn't allow me to be who I truly am, or I have to change myself to make other people happy, or I have to I have to walk on eggshells to make people feel comfortable with me, or I have to buy something in order to be liked, or I have to have this many followers on Instagram in order to like myself. All of these things are restrictions and constrictions, and these things are literally the killer of humanity.
1: Mm. No, you're so right. It's so true. And I think, you know, you're right. Like we have choices in how we respond, how we react to things, and I think. I know in your book, you talk a lot about the matrix. You talk a lot about the darkness, right? And how a lot of people are afraid of just sitting in the darkness and they want to like kind of push it away and get out. And really that's how true transformation happens. I know for you, that's how a lot of your even personal journey into shamanism happened. You know, you talk about your death in the book and how that sparked you coming into the light. So what is... Like the blackout, and how can we go from like darkness being like? I know you love the word lit. I love that too, by the way. And lit, not drunk lit, lit like on fire lit.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So the blackout
1: is a period in time where
0: the magnetic energy frequencies um, begin to lift the sediment of things that we have stuffed and hidden and pushed under the rug away from consciousness, away from society, away from taking responsibility. In shamanism, we say to take responsibility means to show up with love for. And so the blackout is a point in evolution that affects us globally, where we have to make a point and how we operate as human beings, this is a sink or swim moment. This is a 12 year period where we get to decide one conflict after another, not to keep reacting, but how can we pull deeper into love and acceptance and understanding instead of blaming and shaming and naming, which is how we always operate as human beings on earth because we still keep going back to that proverbial illness that we have inside of us, this mental illness that is created racism that has created sexism, that's created all of these things that you see in the world that everyone is so fighting about and all of these, you know, social political issues and all of these things that are happening, you know, who's on the red side, who's on the blue side, who's eating that pill, who's eating that pill, the red pill, the blue pill, I say the purple pill, I say, put yourself in the center of the eye of the storm, like be in the center of the tornado and learn to stop reacting. And so the blackout is a time to say, hey, people, here's the deal. You guys are destroying your planet. You're destroying each other. You're destroying your own psyche. You're destroying your own emotions. You're polluting your bodies. You're um, you're you're discriminating. You're eliminating. You're killing. You're you de- you're devaluing. You're degrading and you're separating and dividing each other because of your inability to engage in a conversation of healing and love, which is literally. The, the reason that we fell out of it. It's the idea that we're not loved or we're not liked. And so everything we achieve in life is based on getting acknowledgement, being seen, being heard, being appreciated, and being valued. So if you buy a fancy car, or if you buy a fancy house, or you do any of these things, most people do these things because they want to show themselves, like, look, I made it. I worked so hard for this, you know, and they put their hustle on. And like in shamanism, we say, you know, it's alignment over hustle. You, you are a hustler. You are operating as a fear-based person who believes that you are in lack and limitation and that you got to get somewhere to get there, to get the prize and win instead of you seeing yourself as an aligned being that actually just draws it to you magnetically. So right now what's happening in the blackout is it's getting people to look at what are your real values? Who Mm -hmm. are you? Why are you here? What do you care the most about? And really, what are you willing to give up to be the powerful leader that you were born to be? What are you willing to step into and eliminate from your life to be the leader, the the person who's able to shine your light as you? That is what this world needs. We don't need leaders like Martin Luther King and Malcolm X and and Nelson Mandela walking before the people and the people walking behind like herds because the system will take that one person out and everyone will go to scatter. And if we look in the history books, we will see this being done over and over and over again. Our trajectory for success is basically cooperation, communication, engagement, and authenticity. If we can apply these during this blackout, we will come out and we will be successful. And that's what the blackout is. It's an opportunity for us to really see what we've been hiding from and take responsibility for our collective shadow.
1: Yeah, and it, it seems like a lot of people are afraid when they get into this blackout, when they get into like step into something different and change, like why do you think it is? Do you think it's a lack of, of, of love in themselves? Do you think it's an increase in fear? Like why do you think people are so scared of embracing the blackout in a positive way? Uh, You know, people have been fed this big lie that if they create this and if they have
0: that and if they look like this and if they say they put this label on them, then they'll be accepted and they'll be safe. Safe is overrated. Mm. It's not even real. Right. It's an illusion created by the disillusionment that is being fed through the media, through the system and through the ideas of what you thought the American or global dream should look like. And I'm not just speaking on America. I'm speaking like everyone in the world wanting to achieve some type of status so they feel that they're safe. How can you be safe when you're in a world of control freaks? Human beings are so controlling that when they get out of a relationship, they say my heart is broken when in truth it's their ego that's broken their ego that invested so much time and energy and their body and their emotions and their affection and their money and their this and everything. That's what's hurting. The heart doesn't hurt. The heart's like, yay, finally you're gonna be honest and true to that you deserve to be with someone who loves you transparently and unconditionally. No, it's the ego that's like, I put so much into that, I gave so much in that and they hurt me and this and that and the other. We are operating and then understanding that human beings are control freaks and we have to realize the reason why we're control freaks, it's not because we're bad people. It's because we were put into a system that's been controlling us. And so when you have a system that controls you, how do you get your power back? You overeat, you watch crap television, you go off and have as many women and have as many men as you want. You do whatever you wanna do to break the rules where you feel you can to get your power back. It's called a power restore. But the truth of the matter is we're control freaks. And being control freaks, when you have a situation like this happen, it scares the living daylights out of people Mm -hmm. because they're like, I can't control this. What is happening? I, I, I got the house, I got the wife, I got the husband, I got the car, I've been taking my things, I've been doing my, my red light therapy, I've been going to the biohacking things, I've been learning about this and learning about that and I'm and, and taking my cold baths and doing my Wim Hof breathing. Why am I feeling this way? Well, because those are wonderful things to do. However, the, true, the thing that we really need to, to observe is the part of you that has created some, what we call locked belief, that if you do these things, you're promised this. These things don't promise anything, they're enhancements, but if you are not enhancing your spirit, your spirit is the most important factor to your happiness. You can biohack, you can do cold baths and all these different things, but they'll be fleeting because they'll come, and you'll feel great, you'll be, oh my God, I have so much energy, I'm lit, I feel amazing. But then again, something happens and you're thrown off kilter again. And that's because you're not evolving your spirit with the physical body. And this is what this is about. This is about bringing the attention and awareness to I am a flexible, dynamic, multidimensional being that can move and shift and be fluid to anything that shows up. Like the bending of the the reed that the ancient um, people would say, the monks and the different elders in Chinese culture, that I can be and nothing can move me or stir me or make me react because I am that secure in my spirit. And that's what spiritual immunity is about.
1: You know, I love that. You said so much, and you know, I love your comment about ego. Like Ego gets in our way a lot, right? I think ego gets in our way a lot, in our relationships and our work life and how we feel about ourselves and how we we grow. And we're so afraid, I think, to step into love and step into faith and step into the light because we're afraid of getting hurt. We're afraid of what people will say. We're afraid of what if people are going to like our stuff on social media. And really that's the gateway to feeling great about yourself is stepping into that, getting comfortable, being uncomfortable. I mean, you're right. There isn't, no, we're never safe. Like think about it. How are we, There's something could happen to us right now. Like you never know. And I know the one thing that I've heard you speak a lot about in your book and it's pretty relevant term today is the law of duality. And Explain like what the law of duality means to you and how is it kind of relevant to today? So, you know, on our planet, we have different
0: types of polarities that show up and these polarities are either acknowledged by a certain group of people or an individual more so than the other. But in our planet, we've created this very dualistic way of looking at life and we utilize duality as an understanding of reality, which is actually a false concept. And any scientist and any person who knows quantum physics and understands the dynamic uh, research of how things are um, interacting with each other, both universally and planetarily, can tell you that these ideas of polarizations are completely out of alignment, and it actually causes a deficit in our knowledge and our wisdom in the way that we attain our lives on planet Earth because we're stuck in this dualistic field. So the dualistic field is like, let me give you an example. In everyone's household growing up as a kid, they learn what is right and wrong. Now you go to the next household and you can do a scientific test and go to the next household and find out that their household believes something completely different from what your family believes. Now, because why? Because everyone's idea of right and wrong is subjective to each person's household or each person's upbringing or way that they observe creation or the way that they were born in which area, if it's Somalia or Kazakhstan or Turkey or Paris or somewhere in Texas, okay? So what we have to understand and what we have to ascertain in in our knowledge is that our understanding of development of what's right and wrong is conditioned by the belief systems and structures that were put in place by our families, lineage and bloodline and whoever that was that were our guardians and our people who were there to be in our lives as children. But it doesn't mean it's 100% true. And no one ever puts it under the lens of unconditional love for the sake of all inclusive, all inclusive love, all inclusive um, um, responsibility for everyone on the planet. We operate independently upon these views. So human beings then subject themselves to either one polarity or the other polarity and then hold strong that that is the reality of what they're experiencing and then fight for it, argue about it, you know, like go bicker about it, I mean, go to war for it, all of these different things when in fact, the reality of consistency is not held in anything that is solid, but it's held in the idea of flexibility or should I say, uh, moving, parts or should i even say even go even better than that it would say that it's transformable that means that the consciousness of any social system our individual collective our family um structure is fluid and always will remain fluid because the system is changing and evolving evolution is a real thing so the consciousness of right and wrong and the consciousness of black versus this, or women versus men, these dualistic ideas that we have, is actually separating us from the totality of understanding, which is synergy. Synergy is the true key. That's what Lord Siddhartha, who became Gautama Buddha, recognizes, that to find true synergy is to be liberated from all attachments, all attachments of labels, ideas, conditions, you know, whatever your parents told you, whatever things are we as a society build ourselves up on labels, ideas, and, and benchmarks of reality, such as, you know, you have a benchmark of, you know, you succeeded here, you succeeded here, this is what you are, this is who you are. And people, even spiritual people, even sometimes say things like, I have this mission on earth. Okay, I, I you know, I, I, this is my mission, this is what I'm here to do, okay. These, again, are based on your upbringing and your belief in these dualities. And in fact, the more we stay in duality, we stay in quantum entanglement. And quantum entanglement is like, when you go to forgive someone, like a woman said to me once, Shaman Dirk, I forgave my father for all the abuse that he, that he caused in my life. And I, you know, I said, darling, there's no such thing as forgiveness. She said, well, what, what do you mean by that? How could you say there's no such thing as forgiveness? I said, if you, go into the idea of forgiveness from the context of human reality that you've associated yourself with versus bad versus good then you're making your father bad and you're the good one which means that immediately based on the evolution of consciousness and the scientific principles of quantum physics you have now just created what is called a quantum entanglement You have now just locked your father and you in purgatory to suffer for all the time until one of you step into the reality that to make one right or wrong immediately locks you in purgatory. Now you are in a mental purgatory. You're always going to feel that pain. You're never going to heal from it. I don't care how many seminars or how many fire walkings you do or how many times you take ayahuasca or whatever it is. You're not going to heal from it because you are operating in this quantum entanglement. And the only way you heal from anything is through acceptance. So true forgiveness is acceptance. It's when you accept that it was done, it happened, it sucked, it hurt, it was horrible, it was vile, it was whatever you wanna say. And now you realize that evolution is a real thing. And that the person that was, is really not the person that is because we die many times into ourselves. That's why when people talk about the past, like one woman said to me, you know, my my boyfriend keeps talking to me about my past. I said, why? Why does he want to know about your past? You are not, that's not you. You are not your past because of evolution. Thank you for evolution. Our cells, our body is constantly recreating itself. How can you look and frame someone from the past to now? That's because human beings get stuck. And that's the awareness that that we have the capability to move ourselves out of. And that's what duality creates for us, is this stuck reality, instead of really honoring the beauty and the love and the power that comes from evolution.
1: Yeah, and you're so right, especially on the forgiveness thing. I've actually never really thought of it like that, because to really truly forgive somebody, you have to accept it, and it's not right versus wrong, or you know love versus hate, or it's more like, all right, I accept what happened, it's made me into who I am today, And I'm proud of it. And my dad, you know, growing up wasn't, you know, we we didn't get along in the best way possible. And and for the longest time, I said I forgave him, but it wasn't until I'm like, you know what, he made me into the man I am today. I've learned so much from, you know, what to do or whatnot, whatever it is, that it's kind of part of me and I've evolved and I'm thankful for that. And I think when people people are afraid to step into that because they still want to have their ego be like, you know, he was wrong, she was wrong, I'm right. Like, they shouldn't have done this to me, play the victim. And not to say that unfortunate things don't happen because they do, but I think in our society a lot, what's happening is we're throwing rocks at each other. Like, there's two opposing sides. Mm. Like, you're wrong, I'm throwing a rock. Well, no, you're wrong, I'm throwing a rock. Instead of coming together in love and being like, okay, like, let's listen more. Let's understand more. Let's give each other mm-hmm. more hug. That's like, right. I, don't, I don't agree with you doesn't mean that I hate you I might not like fully you know understand where you are because I've never been there but I can try and empathize and I think so many times we we end up like just falling short in our lives because we're just filled with so much hate I remember t- I was listening to a story of a woman whose daughter um, was killed by a drunk driver and this guy got was incarcerated for years and years and the only way for her to truly forgive this guy and accept it was to fight for his freedom because she knew that the longer he was in prison, the longer it was on her heart and weighing her down, that she couldn't accept what happened and move on as, as part of her life. And it completely changed my perspective of things. So, you know, I, and in this conversation, I've heard you talk a lot about biohacking and that we can do all the biohacking in the world, but if we're not spiritually aligned, if we're not spiritually growing, the biohacking is just gonna, it's just gonna put a bandaid on the stuff that's on the inside. So I know in your book, you talk a lot about spirit hacking. What is spirit hacking and how does it really apply to the uncertainty and unpredictability that we're experiencing today? We will get you back to this episode of the Adversity Advantage in just one second. But first, wanted to give a quick shout out to Danette May and Earth Echo Foods. Danette was a past guest on the podcast and shared her incredible story and how it inspired her to create her products such as Cacao Bliss, which I take every day, either in my coffee or in a smoothie. It starts with 100% organic cacao beans that are naturally kissed by the sun, maintaining its miraculous health benefits. Then it's blended with turmeric, MCT oil, coconut, Himalayan sea salt, cinnamon, and black pepper for the perfect blend to make you feel the best you ever have. The result, fall in love with a truly decadent, healthy, guilt-free chocolate, removing your cravings, facilitating weight loss, boosting your energy, and reducing your inflammation with one simple drink. Not only that, it is friendly to keto, gluten-free, paleo, vegan, and vegetarian diets. So go to EarthEchoFoods.com forward slash Doug Bopes. Again, EarthEchoFoods.com forward slash Doug Check it out for yourself and learn more about the amazing benefits of Cacao Bliss. And when you enter in the promo code Doug at checkout, you'll get 15% off. Now back to the show.
0: So basically, you know, the word spirit hacking came about from one of my very good friends, Dave Asprey. I love him dearly. Such a great, great, funny guy. So basically, he's, you know, he's talking about biohacking, biohacking, and we were going to actually call my book uh, Blackout 2020, but my, my publisher at Macmillan was like, you know, that's too heavy. I don't know if people are going to buy a black book that says blackout, and what if it's racially charged, and then we don't get sales, and you know, it's all these like yada, yada, yada. So I was like, you know what, let me come up with the name. And then I was up with Dave in Canada and he was like, Dirk, you're the real spirit hacker. You taught me how to connect into spirit and it, it's actually increased my ability to biohack because now I know how to bring the spirit and the physical together to breathe as one unit. So you should call yourself spirit hacker. And I said, yeah, you're absolutely right. I am a spirit hacker. And I do find easy and simple ways based on shamanism to make people's lives more functional or more um, accessible so that they can have a better life very quick in a short amount of time. But the, uh, the key element here and why it's important today is because, let me give you an example. I had a kid who came to me who was depressed and suicidal. His mom and dad were very famous in the, um, in the world of movies and television. And and they said to me, you know, we're a kid, we've taken him to all types of clinics, we've taken him to everything, nothing is happening, nothing is going well for him and so forth. And I said, well, look, all we need to do is spirit hack his neurological system Open up um, his ability to perceive information differently, and then what we're going to do is create a synthesis where he's not pulling in those energies that that allow him to feel those emotions, and we can do that in one time. Sit down with him, and so we sat down with him. I led him through the whole entire thing, taught him how to spirit hack himself. The kid has never experienced that pressure again. These are types of situations, right? you know. You deal with someone who like wants to improve their mental performance. You know, I teach them how to access their neurological um, um, part of their brain that increases the performance and their ability to be focused. And we hack into their system, creating a a neurotransmitter to function through their body in a way that sends those signals so that when they get distracted, it immediately goes back to being focused. But this is because your spirit is an integrative part of your physical body. And we forget that. We forget that energy is what's creating your body. And so if you know how to hack energy, then you can change anything. for instance, Dave Asprey has this guy who runs all of his labs, and he goes, Look, can you lower my heart rate? Can you make my heart rate go? And he had put a heart monitor on. And I showed him that you can change your heart, you know, frequencies. Like, for instance, we could do for you. Uh, let's start off with it's a simple one about feeling energy. Put your hand out in front of you. Okay, so the simple key is for one, is to take down your defense mechanisms that you've created against the world of spirit. So first thing I want you to do is say, I am afraid of feeling energy and feeling something that I can't explain. Say that. I'm
1: afraid of feeling energy and something that I can't explain. I can feel this fear inside of my body. I can feel this fear inside of my body. However, I'm now releasing it through my system. However, I am now releasing it
0: through my system and through my breath and through my breath and through my spine and through my spine and through my neurological system
1: and through my neurological system. And now I am more open to experience energy. And now I am more open to experience energy. Okay. Now I want you to say, repeat exactly this. Say, I want you, I'll make
0: it easier for you. Say Soul. Soul, you're going to talk directly to your soul. Soul, I want you, soul, I want you to generate
1: energy, to generate energy in your hand right now. In your hand right now. Wow, how sick is that? Oh my gosh. Okay, now
0: (laughs) watch this say, soul, soul, I want
1: you, I want you. To use that energy, use that energy and relax your body right now, and relax your body right now. Wow. Now you just
0: hacked into the energy that actually affects your physical form. So you're not going to the physical and biohacking it from that direction. you're going behind the scenes and hitting the spirit that actually hacks your body. Now, you can release dopamine, you can increase your serotonin, you can change your heart rate, you can lower your blood pressure, you can do all of these different things that shamans have been doing since the dawning of time. But however, human beings have forgotten this one awareness that they are more than just the physical. So now let's say, for instance, you are taking a supplement or you are putting something in your system. You can actually have your, hack your spirit to to how it responds to that supplement, how it responds to the things that you are actually doing. Watch for instance, okay? Put your hands out in front of you, two hands. I'm going to show you, okay? Say, soul. Soul. I want you. I want you. To hack into the elemental kingdom to hack into the elemental kingdom.
1: And pull fire into your hands. And pull fire into my hands. Wow. Warm my body with it. Warm my body with it. Wow. See, simple.
0: And this is what people used to call magic in ancient times. And this is what all of the people, the Christian crusades and all these people would call the devil's work, because their system doesn't want people to have this knowledge. This is what, you, this is what the system, the matrix, that I talk about in, in, in my book, does not want you to know. Because if you can know how to operate your powers, then you can actually connect your energetic field to connect you with people in the world that you haven't even met yet and make your meeting happen. Your, your energy moves faster than the speed of light. That means that you can literally tap into another person's energy. Watch, I'll show you. Spirits of the light. Go into his back and bring blue energy from the spirit world that empowers the muscles and open the energy synthesis towards
1: his brain. It's crazy. See? That's wild. Yeah. Did I
0: I need ayahuasca for that? Did I need iboga for that? Did I need some type
1: of supplement for that? No, that is spirit hacking my friend. That's amazing and to be able to experience that like, it's, it's, I, I automatically like feel like so different. Like my brain just feels like completely more open than it was even like, even when, I mean, my brain started to open up when you had me put my hand out and then it was transferring the energy from my soul to my hand. But now it's just, that's amazing. And I think this is something we all need to kind of appreciate because you're right. The matrix, the, the people around us, they want, they had they think they have all the secrets and all the answers and they, they, they feel that no one's going to figure out anything. Of and course. It, right. And it's the people like that you that and everybody else who have figured some things out and have taken risks and gone into the darkness and embraced it and taken the opportunity to really experience rebirth and regeneration and reliving to be able to now teach and coach others. It's it's empowering. And I know you talk a lot about some things that can bring you down as far as like people who are illogical, right? And we talk about logic and intuition, <laughs> and I think in the spiritual realm, I think that you hear a lot of people, they, they say, oh, well, you can't be logical and intuitive. You're one or the other. And I know you feel differently. Like, Talk a bit about like what the difference is between um, intuition versus logic and, and how they can both be used for spiritual growth. Well, first of all, we have to understand there's no such thing as logic. That's the
0: first key right there. Because if logic was a real thing, then you would be in a logical world and you're not living in a logical world, right? You live in an illogical world. And let me give you the difference in explaining what that looks like. So your brain, your beautiful, amazing, genius, powerful technology called your brain, which is this amazing conductor of all forms of energy and sound and vibration and input and output and synthesis, and it's just, amazing right it operates on frequency and energy now let's let's take it out of the scientific point of view and let's look at it from understanding it from kind of like a a child's point of view you come into this world and let's say something bothers you about your parents and instead of you feeling safe to say to your parents your behavior is toxic and it makes me feel scared It brings up a worry in me. I get, it's causing me to have nightmares. I feel uncomfortable in my body and I don't know how to deal with this energy. Why are you creating it? That would be a logical world where the parents would say, I take responsibility for making you feel this way. Mommy and daddy should not be operating this way. Let us look at what we're doing that's causing you this level of pain. Because in a logical world, you would be given the ability to be loved unconditionally, to express yourself as things are showing up so that you're able to maintain your biological system in a functional way. That's logic. Logic is the ability to know that you are safe, to be free to communicate and operate in intelligence that gives you input responding to your comments or um, questions or whatever it is. Illogical is that you can't do that. Mm. So your brain has to figure out a way to compensate for the lack of true logic available in your environment. So let's say for instance, a child, he gets all this love from his mom and dad, and then all of a sudden they have a new baby and they're giving all that attention to the baby. The child doesn't want to say to the mom and dad, I feel like you transferred your love over to my new baby brother that's born and you forgot about me and I'm hurting. Because in a logical world, you could say that, but in an illogical world, you don't say that. And so the brain goes, well, we got to fix this. We have to fix this. So we need to get them to pay attention to you again. So the brain goes, fine, create psoriasis. All of a sudden, boom, the child has psoriasis. Now the parent's attention has directed back to the child. The child is getting the love that it wants. The child is getting the acknowledgement that it wants, even though it has a skin uh, disorder that is um, affecting its igmentary system. Okay? The thing is, why? Because you live in an illogical world. You live in an illogical world because when you say, hello, how are you doing to people? They'll all tell you it's good, it's fine, it's great, it's wonderful. Instead of telling you like they had the worst day in their life and things are falling apart and that you can actually bring real logic to the situation. So you live in an illogical world. That means your brain is functioning on protection, 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 and helping you get what you want. So let's say for instance, a person is working at a job. And they, and they constantly say, God, this job is killing me. I'm working too hard. This job is going to end up taking my life. The brain goes, oh, no, 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 no. The brain goes, we're going to make sure you get sick so you don't lose your life and we're gonna protect you. And so all of a sudden this person gets into a car accident or they end up being on the couch now because they have a broken leg. They still have money coming in from disability, but now they're out of their job and they're, they're, they're with a, the with, with a leg broken and so forth. Because the brain knows that you don't live in a logical world. Mm -hmm. So when you say this job is killing me, the brain goes, no, we have to survive. Why? Because you have all these microorganisms, bacteria, and fungi that are living organisms that belong to the earth that are like, we've got to live. We've got to live. So it sends frequencies to your body to survive. So your brain goes, I will fix this. I got this. I'm going to get them into, I'm going to make them make a choice that gets them into a situation that ends up like this so they could not have to kill or be dead. So this is what it means. So when someone says, you know, you're hurting me, right? So the brain goes, you're getting hurt. Okay, shut down the senses. All of a sudden that person becomes a numb person. They feel nothing, they become cold. They become, you know, not connected to anything anymore. I mean, just look at your father, for instance, that, that very complacent, I'm gonna shut down and close and be very one-sided about things. And yet, you put all this expectation on you and you're like, how do I meet all these expectations? Why? Because your father had so many expectations on himself, but he couldn't acknowledge them. So he felt like he had to put this superiority energy in front so that he could show up in a way that makes you think, oh, wow, I have to meet these expectations, but he's not meeting his own expectations. So he's taking it out on you illogically. Mm. Right? So then what happens? You start to develop this part of yourself that's like jumping through hoops, jumping through hoops, always jumping through hoops until you had that one relationship where you're like, I'm not going to put myself through this anymore because it's showing up now in my relationships. So I'm going to start doing things my way and I'm going to start living my life. And you had to have that awakening. Now, why? because you went through so much illogical experiences as a child, and then as you grew up to become a man, you started realizing that this energy kept showing up and showing up and showing up, and you decided, you know what, I'm gonna take things in my own hands and I'm gonna pull myself into my own energy and what that represents. And then you decide if I'm upsetting you or whatever, there's nothing I can really do about it. I just have to accept that that's the way you were. I wish you could have put your arms around me and told me how much you loved me and that I was good and I was great at what I was doing, but you couldn't do that for yourself. So I'm now gonna do that for myself and I'm gonna start exploring how do we do that for ourselves? So. Do, do you see the, the contrast in your own life that I just explained to you? These are things that are showing up because we don't live in a logical world. So first thing we have to understand is that the system wasn't built to be logical, even though it tells, so when someone says to me, you know, I'm too logical to believe in this stuff, Shaman I'm like, no, you're actually not logical, you're ignorant. Because you're, <laughs> you're, 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 your whole idea of logic is a, is a forefront cover up of you not wanting to look at other paths of possibility. That means you are not a possibility-driven person. You are a one street person. And a wise person is one who can see many roads and an unwise person can only see one.
1: Mm, Gosh, that's so true. And I think, you know, so many people, they they think the world's logical and they're like, well, life's not fair. That's when you get into life's not fair. And you're like, of course, it's not. Like you said in the beginning, like ideally, Logically, you would think if you express yourself to your parents, you would get the response that you got. But that doesn't happen. Right. Mm-mm. No, I mean, that's we live. We don't live in a logical world. And I think the important thing for me when I was healing and I'm still on a heal, we, We're always healing. Right. Well, you know, we're going to heal until everyone is healed. Right. That's what I say. There's no personal healing. This is a collective healing. Right. And we're all in this together. And that I think part of it is like for me, I had to remember who I was. To like mm-hmm. let go of the power that I thought my father had over me, and was like, you know what? Oh,
0: huge, huge, huge. And so- I look at your files; it's huge. That yeah. that mountain that you climbed, OMGness! Seriously, and the, and the energy still because there's still that little tiny bit for you to get your diploma in the nonsense of it. It's that little bit of I just want you to be happy. I just want you to be proud of me. And the key element is going to your soul, right? Like right now, go like this. Say, soul.
1: Soul. I want you to open up the stargate above your head. I want you to open up the stargate above my head. Above your head. Speak to your your soul. Yes, good. Now say, download
0: self-acceptance and courage into my body.
1: Download self-acceptance and courage into my body. Wow. Pretty really, dope, huh? Yeah, man. Wow. And it's now, amazing how you knew that about my dad. I mean, I know obviously you're very, you know, I'm a shaman. I know. <laughs> I know. Well, I know just for those listening who don't believe, who are like on the, on the, you know, on the edge of believing or not like legitimately, like that was my dad. That is my dad. Mm-hmm. And And it's funny that I have said that I've come a long way in doing that. And there's still that little bit that I haven't, done. And it was this funny, let's change the words. It's the little bit that I haven't chosen to
0: accept.
1: Yeah. It's a little bit that I haven't chosen to accept. You're right.
0: Right. And remember the acceptance that you're seeking, right. Is truly in the understanding of you not requiring an accolade from anyone.
1: Mm. Yeah, no, and that's, that's hard, right? Because- Let's change those words to
0: it's, it's, it's not hard. Let's not, let's not curse yourself. It's not hard, because whatever you say, your ego's listening, it goes, oh, it's hard? I'll make it hard for you. Program hard into his database. It's not hard. Say, I'm willingly accepting
1: the challenge of completing this. I'm willingly accepting the challenge of completing this. And because I'm doing that, and because i'm doing that right now right now a new surge of awakening is taking place within me a new surge of awakening is taking place within me now watch that feeling that just came through your body yeah i feel i feel so much more empowered you feel lit yeah lit i love it so so, (laughs) i love that And so what are you, what are you personally doing now, you know, to help people remember who they are in your work? So
0: right now, you know, I have this thing I created on Friday called the healing temple and I've been creating the healing temple. Like today we had a healing temple that was about, um, helping clear out the frequencies of discordant relationships. Whenever you have a relationship with a family member or someone you're in love with or a business partner or anyone in the world, even if it's the person, the grocery store clerk, it's about clearing those energies so you don't keep creating the same thing. But every healing temple is different from the other one. And it's all about me going in for 30 minutes and doing shamanic healing on people. People go through all types of things. I have like doctors in there writing me going like, this is insane. Like people are throwing up, crying, releasing old ancestral stuff. And then people write me, oh my God, money's coming into my life. Oh my God, I found the person I'm supposed to like, I just came into a new relationship that's more transparent. Like it, because what happens is we're carrying all this sediment in us, and it's about clearing it. So that's one of the things I'm doing. The other thing is I'm teaching people about um, shamanism from the ground up. I have a, on my site, I talk about shamanism. We have a shamanic um, uh, thing in the media as far as on my website, teaching people digitally and giving classes. And I'm working on a project right now with, um, with the people, Nelson Mandela and Kofi Annan. I do it every year with my girlfriend, Princess Martha Louise. And we are using our abilities in the royal family to really bring about um, consciousness at a level because, you know, we are the only royal couple in the whole entire royal family um, of all her cousins and all the other countries that are speaking about, you know, these things like biohacking and spirituality and, and spirit hacking and health and wellness and, you know, and really bringing that to the forefront so that that can trickle downwards you know from the higher ups in in the world who are so you know plagued by the matrix that they're also puppeteering you know for so you know, and then also really supporting people by stepping into their autonomy. I don't believe I'm your teacher and I don't believe there's a hierarchy. I'm not your shaman, I'm not your, I'm not above you. We're walking in this thing together, right? And we learn from each other, which means we remember from each other. So I'm never teaching anyone, I'm only laying things out for you to remember. And so the key element is to get out of that hierarchy and all of that new age stuff that, that's been polluting people that the matrix even created to keep people in this very kind of device of like, I'm not one of them. I'm much more like doing this. I'm not into all that spiritual things with crystals and this and that and the other. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about bridging consciousness, right? Spirituality is not about yoga mats and green juices and crystals and meditation and whatever. Spirituality means that you're willing to evolve. I I work with engineers who've never meditated in their life. We don't talk about meditation we talk about ways for them to understand science and understand how things operate in the world that's functional for them and who they are and where they are in their life and so that's you know my focus and you know really helping people obtain that autonomy and that consistency of creating li- true liberation which is to liberate themselves from all labels all attachments all things that are literally systematically affecting them and constricting them and causing high levels of inflammation and discord in their life and just be done with the nonsense. Like be done with it. Who wants to spend their life in therapy for 20, 30 years when you can just like spirit hack your way through all of those things very quickly and easily? And that's what I'm that's why I spend my time
1: every day doing. Amazing. And I think everything you just shared in this episode is probably is one of the the most one of the most fascinating interviews I've done ever. I mean ever. And just your knowledge, your expertise, and the way you deliver things. There's a certain like, light about you. I mean, people are right when they talk about you. And there's just this certain calming aspect, this certain you know, soothing aspect of you that you can just, I can just feel it. Even though we're 3,000 miles away on a, on a Zoom right now, I can just feel, and it's, it's amazing. Like, and I just wanted to thank you for your, for your time and your energy and what you brought to this. The audience going to get a lot out of it. So where can people find out more about you? Uh, people can find me at Shaman Durek on Instagram. You can send me a DM if you have any questions.
0: I always ask, answer all my DMs as best as I can. Even if it's like, I get like 500 DMs. I, my team is like, okay, here's your one hour to go through your DMs, get as much as you can, because I really believe in engagement. I don't believe in talking heads. I believe in engagement. Also, we have a lot. And also you can go to shamandurek.com. Um, and these are the places that are best, uh, for you to connect with me.
1: Yeah. So definitely connect with him, pick up his book, Spirit Hacking. It's awesome. Um, I love, I mean, it's just the, I was just so fascinated. I mean, not only about your story, but what you've created from your story. I mean, just, it's incredible. I'm not going to give it away too much because we talked a lot about, you know, obviously we talked about some stuff on the show, but we also, I also want people to, to read it because they're going to be so fascinated and blown away by just what you shared that they're going to want to get the book anyway. I'll be sure to provide that in the show notes as well as, you know, links to all your social media accounts, as well as your website. And I, uh, once again, thank you for coming on.
0: I'm very grateful. Thank you for holding space for me to share with your community. And I'm so grateful for you being on the planet and I love you. And thank you for having me be here to, to be here to support everyone. It's a a wonderful service. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you, Shaman Derek. And once again, for those listening, um, I appreciate everybody's feedback. And if you, if you love this episode, make sure to leave us a five-star review, reach out to Shaman Derek, reach out to me and let us know what you thought and you're listening to this week's episode of the Adversity Advantage. I'm your host, Doug Bopes, and we will see you next time.